Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 233 of Yoga Land. Today is our special fifth anniversary episode. Is it actually today? No, our actual anniversary is not today. Our anniversary was Earth Day, oh. which was like almost a month ago. Every I mean, I guess not a month ago. But every day is Earth Day. True, true. But no, this is just, you know, when I've I've gotten myself together to to talk about it. It makes sense though too if it's a 5-year anniversary to get like get a little bit into that anniversary. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You don't want to just go do an all out celebration totally. and then fizzle out. Don't. So, speaking of celebrations, before we get started, I wanted to mention the Accessible Yoga Community Celebration. They're having their first kind of yearly celebration slash fundraiser. And this year, since it's all on Zoom, we can all go, which is kind of nice. We don't have to like buy a plane ticket and go somewhere and get all dressed up fancy. We can just kind of log in online. And so we are sponsors of that event. We're happy to sponsor them. If you've listened to the podcast in the past, you know, I've had a couple of uh, accessible yoga folks on. I've had Jeevana Heyman and Amber Carnes on, both amazing people. And I will link to those interviews in the show notes page. And they have a lot of other amazing people who work for them and teach for them, who I'm sure I will feature in the future. So I'm going to put a link to this on the show notes page to this celebration. You can attend. You can be part of the silent auction. They're having a dance party. You could be a sponsor. They have different levels of sponsorship. And we will be there. And it's May 20th. Did you say dance party? Yes. I'm, I can't go to that part. Well, you it's in your house. Nah. So you can dance behind the computer. I know you and Sophia don't dance. We dance. It's just a different... <laughs> Sophia's the only child in her age group that when a, like, a girlfriend comes over and is like, let's have a dance party, she's like, I don't dance. <laughs> she just knows already. She didn't get it from me. It's just in the genes. You know what I mean? It's not, that yeah. wasn't like, an, that wasn't an uncultured thing. It no. was just, it's just like. I tried many times when she was very gene. little to get her to but dance. But she just kind of wants to get a laugh. Do you remember what she used to do when she was really little and I'd try to get her to dance with me? No. She would slam her body into me over and over again and think it was hilarious. Well, that's hilarious. That sounds about right. And so she probably has a future in punk rock dancing, right? Well, it's more nuanced than you might think. Uh Sure. Anyway, the party is May 20th. And this is why I say we are definitely going to be there. It's from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific. So it's like right (laughs) in our time frame. Thank God. Like if, listen... If more people wanted to do things with me mid-afternoon, I'd do it. Me too. If, I'm there you know what I mean? You. I'm there. But like, well, I can't, I'm not going to start doing something at 7 p.m. No more. I'm going to start brushing my teeth and getting ready for bed for that time. No more that I actually have anxiety if I'm outside of the house oh, after 7 it's p.m. Awful. now. It's, it's a little, you know, yeah. Anyway. So, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. And you can get all the information on the show notes page or go to my Instagram and I will have links to it. And I also wanted to mention before we get into the heart of the show, just to talk a little bit about COVID and what's happening in India right now. I would think that most people are aware of it, but in case you're not, if you're just sort of like doing news fast or something like that, COVID is having a huge resurgence in India right now. I believe it's mostly in Southern India, right? And in the cities so far. I don't know. I wouldn't wouldn't make that. Well, it, I, I do remember seeing on the news for sure that, that so far it is mostly in the cities, 
but they're they're concerned that it's going to spread to the more rural areas, which will be even more challenging because it's, you know, there aren't as many hospital centers in rural, rural areas. So, you know, we have lots of students and, and friends who have family there and it's just really grim right now. And so we have been supporting a fundraiser called Mission Oxygen India. And it was started by a few entrepreneurs. Again, I'll put a link to it on the uh, show notes page. It was started by a few entrepreneurs. And the reason I chose that one is because they are just directly procuring oxygen cylinders and giving all the status updates on directly delivering them to hospitals and care facilities. And that seems to be what we hear from friends is the biggest problem is hospital beds and oxygen cylinders. So I've given all the logistics and I feel like I'm just talking my head off here. Maybe you could speak a little bit about just just to kind of encourage people. And So everyone needs help from time to time. And I'll put it like this, right? If you have studied with me or if you've listened to this podcast, you have benefited from wisdom and practices that have their origin in India. And I think that this isn't a time for social media posts and spreading awareness. I think it's a time for direct action. Yeah. And so if you can to if you can provide support, we've been donating a lot. And if you can do it, now's a good time to do it. Yeah. And even just a small amount, like if everybody listening to this podcast donated 20 bucks, that would add up to a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. And so and there have been, I have seen people tagging me, I'm sure tagging you too, that they have been donating their class, you know, whatever classes they're teaching that week. Sure. And so I just, I commend you all. I wanted to mention, I was saying before the podcast, I thought Ashish, a listener and friend of the pod, Ashish Aurora, he's based in Seattle. He had a really, I don't know, for me, it was like a very moving post about giving back to India. And um, he's a yoga teacher as well. And he said something to the effect of, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but, you know, there's so much money in the yoga industry in the U.S., but so much of it goes to like yoga pants and apparel companies. And if we could just direct some of that right now to India and just give back. And that was just really like a light bulb moment for me. Like, whoa, he's totally right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. That's just a little little reminder and and word of encouragement to everybody out there just to do whatever you can. Like just whatever you can is helpful. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Can I just say congratulations on five years? Sure. Yeah. That's a big deal. You think so? Yeah. I think it's I think it's a big deal to do anything for a period of time. You know what I mean? And it's I think in the modern world, we have a somewhat low attention span. And I think it's difficult to do long-term projects. And I think it's difficult when times are difficult to not jump ship. Mm. You know what I mean? we, We have the perception that there are so many different things that we can be doing. I think most of us have a, like a distorted time frame of the amount of work that it takes to develop something of value and depth. You know, and so I think we tend to think that things shouldn't take that long and be that difficult. And, you know, I say it all the time, but like that I can arrive in pretty much any city on the planet 
look at my phone, push a button and expect a car to be there in less than five minutes to take me wherever I want to go tells me that's going to bleed over. And it just is hard to work on long-term projects that take time and effort and dedication. And so doing anything, but especially something like this, that is content driven for that amount of time is a difficult thing to do. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, it's gone really fast. Yeah. And I'm kind of going to say what you say in a, in a different way to your students sometimes, which is that it's really, at this point, all I know how to do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it, you know, I mean, I'm sort of kidding and sort of not. I could certainly like go back to school and do something else, but I feel really fortunate because it does combine a lot of my drive and my kind of inquisitiveness and my just my editorial skills with like, my personality, right? You yeah, know, it's the yeah. first thing I think I've ever done where I actually get to be fully myself. But we'll get to that in a minute. Well, you're less behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, most of the most of the work that you've done in the past, you've been behind the scenes. Yeah. And there's been someone else kind of, you've been a little bit more in the shadow, but now you are. I don't mean in the shadow. You know no, no, I mean? no. Like a ser- there were always a series of people telling me what to do. But, um, but even different, like you're... As a longtime editor, you weren't the cover line necessarily. You weren't the name on the article. You mm-hmm. were the person behind it, engineering it. Yeah. So the engineer doesn't get as much attention as the artist does, is all I'm saying. Yes. But yes, now yes, you get yes. to kind of be the I'm the artist, artist formerly known as- Formerly known as the engineer. As the engineer. Okay. I want to just- I'm very proud of myself for compiling these statistics. There's only three of them, so don't, <laughs> well, get, hey. don't get too excited. Okay. I know what the first one is. What? most popular podcast of all time. Really? What do you think it is? I think you, I think Yoga Land is the most popular podcast of all time. <laughs> I thought you meant the most popular episode. <laughs> no, no, we're going big. Best, po- best one of them? I, I mean, you know, according to my mom. Yes. According to my mom. According and to our mom. parents. Yes. And at least one other listener were the best. Oh, yeah, yeah, All yeah. All right, yeah. what are the statistics? The statistics are 4.5 million downloads total over five years. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. I can't believe it. If I've... everyone gave just a dollar. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have interviewed, how many guests do you think? I've... I, I, this is a ballpark. How many guests? Okay, so this is episode 233. Uh, two, sorry. 233. I've been on at least 100 of them. So that means like 130. You've had some repeat guests. So I'm going to say you've had you've had 101 guests. <laughs> what? That's cute. I just was I meant to say that I didn't count them exactly. So yes, over Oh, then you've guests. had 101. <laughs> More than 100 guests. And Jason has been on Drumroll. Too many. 105 episodes. All right. That's a lot. That's a lot. Episodes. You've really, you know, you really earned your keep as, a, as a good Yoga Land guest. My rep, couldn't, my, uh, my rep couldn't get me on any of the other podcasts. True. There, yeah. That is true. Yeah. 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 So I thought that those are the stats. I mean, there's so many other stats. Four point, so you said 4.5 billion downloads. <laughs> And you've and you've had I've uh, made twelve million dollars. Twelve billion dollars. Yes. That's great. Those are great stats. Did it take you a long time to pull all of those stats? I mean, it took me a <laughs> that long time. Shouldn't have taken you time. that long. Here's the thing. 
I could give you like lots, lots of like popular episodes, all that jazz, but it would just basically it would jack up your ego. So I'm not going there. Who are some of the more pop? I not to okay. Who are some of the more popular episodes that weren't me? Okay. So we'll we'll take me okay. off the table. Okay. Jules Mitchell. Yeah, that makes sense. Popular you know, so here's the thing: people like. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. Shh. I hope no one else hears this. People actually still mostly want to learn technical things. Yeah, they want to learn. They want to learn about the body. They want to learn about applications, mm-hmm. right? So, like direct applications. So. Whether it's a postural application, a philosophical application, we want to have something that, that's like immediate. But here's another surprising popular guest. I say surprising only because I think she's so chill, which is Sarah Powers, is in the top seven of all time. But that makes sense too, because Yin is super popular, mm-hmm. right? And Sarah is so, like, Sarah has just been teaching yoga really well for an unbelievably long period of time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she just has such a tenure. And so she's developed a long time audience. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I didn't think about this before, but now that we're talking about it, the people outside of you who made it into the top 20 are kind of like, with Jules aside, my old dear friends. So Sarah Powers, Mm -hmm. Cindy Lee, Mm -hmm. T.S. Little, Mm -hmm. just one of my favorite people ever. And then, um, what was Tia's talking about? Well, the one his really, po- he, I've had him on a couple times, but the one that did really well is called How Speed Gets Trapped in the Body. Mm. It's really just about like slowing down, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really about, you know, just it's his, you know, he's so metaphorical, it's mm. about his metaphor for releasing that, yeah, yeah, stress, yeah. And then the, the other one that I love that was so popular was. Embrace Your Imperfect Best with Jason Freeman, who is a student of Jamie's up in uh, the Northwest. Um, your, student, your student Jamie. Yeah. yeah. So they were on together. And that was just a really great one too. Nice. So nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks to all of our guests and all of our listeners. And to me. Thanks to me. Thanks to you. <laughs> a big shout out to me. Also, it's Teacher Appreciation Week. It is. It's true. God, oh God. And I just want to say, like, I wrote myself a really moving, moving letter. That's good because probably nobody else did. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So I thought it would be helpful to talk a little bit about podcasting and kind of what I've learned. And I've learned a lot. There's some things that I've done well and some things that totally were so different from my expectations. So I'll start with uh, the things I think I've done well, not to toot my own horn, but I'm I'm, hope, I'm doing this in the spirit of hopefully helping people, which is that I always, I've always, always, always started by interviewing people who interest me. Yes. And I, you know, that lesson is so easy for me to follow. I mean, I think as you, progress in anything, people will want more of your attention and more people will have asked me to be on the show. And like right now I'm actually pretty inundated with pitches. And I believe me, I I read them and I always feel guilty if I don't get back to people or if I don't have them on the show, but I do not allow any outside influences to determine who I'm going to have on the show. And that is what, with exception of you, of course, that was a joke. 
Wait, you, I influence you to be on the show? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was a joke. That was anyway, a good one. It didn't land very well. Yeah. So, yeah. I have no influence here. That's what you forgot. That's not true. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I just, I think that's what has kept the show kind of quote unquote real, you know, is that I've always, it's remained a passion project for me. And I will also say that in part, it's been easy for it to remain a passion project because the thing that I didn't expect from the podcast is that it makes very little money and it is, podcasting is not the most lucrative career choice for anyone out there thinking about it. For the vast majority, right. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, I'm sure, sure. Exactly. I think if you are more, you know, I started this project at a time in my life where it's not a full-time job, where I have spent a lot of time parenting over the past few years where you've been traveling. I think if you really wanted to make it a business you could pursue certain partnerships or certain networks or certain things like that. But it's so hard. But, it, you know, it is It is also very hard. So that's just kind of, I want to be straight up about that with people. You know, this is something that I thought I was going to make a living doing, at least a part-time living. And I thought that because of my editorial background, you know, it was like the ambitious part of me that thought like, yeah, I, I know how to do this. I can sure. do it. I'm going to do a good job. I have great guests. I, I can, if anybody can do it, I can do it. And um, don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's super, super hard. Yeah. It's really difficult to monetize a free thing, mm-hmm. right? And not to get complicated about it, but as a teacher, I'm always thinking to myself like, where do I derive compensation? And for me, it's really straightforward. I derive compensation through teaching people. I am not an influencer, so I don't derive compensation from third parties. Like I don't derive compensation from advertisers. I never have. I'm not saying I wouldn't, I'm saying I don't, right? So it's same thing with podcasters. To generate a decent sum of money, it has to be through advertisers. But in order to get decent advertising revenues, you have to have massive downloads and run-through rates. It's really, really, really difficult for any niche-based business to do that. So yeah, I think being realistic about the low returns or the no returns is an important thing to understand. And it's what, and so I was just sort of circling back. It's what's made it easier in some ways, I think, for me to just keep it exactly what I want it to be. Truthfully, I have thought about, you know, pitching it to different networks and things like that. And I don't want anybody else to have editorial control at this phase of my life. It's not what I want. So, um, so that's been, yeah, there's upsides and downsides to that. So what are the things that you feel like you've gotten better at doing over the years? So definitely speaking. (laughs) I spent most of my career in a quiet place, reading my words, improving them on paper and never having to show up and speak off the cuff. It was something about teaching yoga that mortified me. And I mean, I could speak in meetings, but when I first started the podcast, I had a more verbal tics than I even have now. So I've definitely worked on just 
being able to speak more quickly and like react more quickly. And also I've just worked on like someone once wrote that I have had upspeak, right? Yeah. And somebody else kind of. Thanks. <laughs> no, no, it was, it's valuable feedback. Kind of. It, it's totally valuable right. feedback. That's, that's what I mean is that I've really tried to improve my ability to get out of my comfort words, which I'm sure you know, the word like is a comfort word for me. The word right is a comfort word for you. So I really have tried to just become better at my delivery and better at being more direct with my questions. Another thing that you don't anticipate when you start a podcast is there are always lulls. And if you are at all a conscientious person, it can feel slightly uncomfortable from time to time to ask people very direct questions. And it's a skill that you have to learn. And I think I've gotten much better at that, at cutting through the garbage and cutting through the like, okay, I'm going to tell you for 90 seconds my story so that I can get to asking you so that you feel comfortable. I've just gotten much more direct with interviewing people and staying on track and 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 also just being able to respond more naturally. I used to spend hours preparing for like every interview. Oh my gosh, I used to spend so much time. And now I just make sure that I really know the points that I want to hit. I've got the questions. And then I try to be as present as possible during the interview. I'll say the same thing about teaching. The thing that I think about teaching and encouraging teachers to understand is number one, know what you're trying to teach today. Number two, relax. Number three, enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, so have enough preparation that you have some clarity and some vision, but not so much that you're super uptight about it. And the more you can relax and interact and enjoy yourself, the better that experience is going to be. Teaching yoga is a conversation too. You know, it's not, it's not as verbally didactic, but it's interactive in that way. So I think that there's a parallel there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that you have always been better at speaking off the cuff. And I've always been, it's always been easier for me to just communicate through writing. It's a practice, it's in part, it's practice. Mm -hmm. And I think in part too, it's a little bit the way our brains work is that for me to write, if I don't have the adrenaline, if I don't have the pressure of the moment, I get anxious about what I'm writing or I get unfocused on what I'm writing. So I'm a much better verbal communicator with time pressure hmm. than I am a written, like a writer with no time pressure. A writer, when I try to write with no time pressure, it's the it's like, it's horrible. It's a horrible inner experience. Mm -hmm. But if you just airdrop me into a room and say, teach the bandhas for the next six hours. It's like, all right, that's fine. I can mm -hmm. do that easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that, that for me, that's what I mean though. For me, no matter what, whether I have adrenaline or not, speaking in front of a pretty big group of people is a mortifying, is by nature a mortifying experience. Got it. it just is. Yeah. I could do it now, but I've gotten better at it. Yeah. So- I think I think that my <laughs> honest, I'm just going to be, I just want everybody to know the truth. I think that in some ways, my biggest skill is my consistency with doing it. 
Yeah. It's that I have kept on doing it over time. And I offer this for everyone out there to know that if you are creating content, even if, if it's only in the form of Insta- regular Instagram posts, and it feels like a slog, I know how you feel. Yeah, it feels like a slog because it is a slog. It's a slog. It's your actual job. It's your job. Exactly. And as much as I this love the Midwestern my job, talk, talking, yeah, it's because it's too. your job. Me too. I mean, this is like, you know, the immigrant work, work ethic that I was raised with. Like, as much as I love my job, and, and as I said, this has been a passion project, you don't get around the fact that doing something consistently feels monotonous from time to time and feels like a slog from time to time. And, but I happen to know that with editorial and with, with content, the key is to keep at it. It's what makes you better at it. It's what makes your messages more defined. It's what makes people, people rely on you. So you just have to, even if it's small amounts, you have to just keep getting on the wagon and driving forward. And so five years, you know, and in, in a way, the reason I feel so great about that is because I did it, you know. You should. Yeah. Can I say something that I think you've done really well too? Sure. Because I, I, you probably have a few more, but it's about the guests. No, no, no joke about me. But it's also about, I don't know how this is going to come across. It's also about who you haven't hut on, meaning you haven't crossed into territory that is not of your interest or not within your scope. Mm-hmm. And you haven't had non-experts talk about things they're not experts at. Mm-hmm. And that's really difficult to do. It happens all the time in podcasts because- when you have a podcast that you do keep consistent over time, you start to run out of options, mm-hmm. right? And so you're like, let's have Jim talk about Sally and let's have, you know, yeah. we start to have people, I'm not going to bring up any examples, right? But we start to have people who are not health experts talking about health. Yeah, We have people who are just like not mental health experts talking about mental health. And then people will also kind of veer into, well, it's not really the topic of yoga, but it's kind of a hot topic of today. Let's get someone to talk about gender roles or whatever it is. And yoga is a massive body of work that impacts the totality of our being. So the scope of yoga is massive. But I think that you have just maintained an intellectual integrity of not having people on and doing topics for the sake of having people on and doing topics or clickbait. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've never gotten into the no. like the clickbait world. No. You know? Um, I, I, I appreciate that. I hadn't really thought about that. And I think I think you're right. And I can kind of offer why that is, you know, because I think it could be helpful to people. We're living in this time. I mean, even even just in the past five years, where, everyone wants attention. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, it's the beauty of being able to. It's the beauty of living in in the information age is that you have access to so much information. And I'll just give an example of one place where I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that in terms of our kids' ADHD diagnosis, because I have access to groups of moms on Facebook 
who have been through the same thing, right? And so, and I have access to different doctors around the country through their YouTube videos who are reputable, who have taught me a ton. So there's this beauty in the information age that we have so much access. But as we all know, the the downside to that is that it's really overwhelming. There are a lot of people who, like you said, they, they veer out of their lane without even, they're talking about things they don't really have, they're not qualified to talk about. Yes. And so it's just really, really difficult to parse through information. So I think this is where I'm fortunate in that I worked for a traditional publication first. And I will also say, even prior to that, I was raised in a family where, you know, my father worked in public health. My father had a healthcare media company. And my father raised me to understand (laughs) double-blind placebo-controlled studies. (laughs) It's such a funny thing to say, but it's true. So when I first started doing... What I always wanted to do before yoga was really health reporting. I wanted to do straight up health reporting. So when I started at Yoga Journal, I started on the health beat. And I would write these really, really short health pieces. They were like one or two paragraphs. And they were honestly, when I look back, in some ways, they were the hardest part of my career because they had to be dependent on studies from reputable journals. And when you take studies from reputable journals, let me tell you, they're not always earth shattering. Most of them are not. They're very small findings. They're very small. We progress very slowly in science. It's not usually clickbait. So I learned, I I just, I, I learned very clearly that while I can be very woo woo in my personal life, like I might you know, Sophia and I go to this store where we buy crystals all the time. And I love the crystals and we hold the crystals. We read about the crystals, all these things. But I'm not going to report on that in a definitive way because that is not in in that sort of level of study that I feel comfortable reporting on. If I want to have a conversation about the beauty of crystals and what people think and like how sure. they, that's fine, but you have to couch it in this is an interpretation. This is, and so it's all about giving people context. And, and you know, you and I have learned that over the years with yoga too. When you and I first started doing yoga, everybody talked about how twists, the squeeze and soak, everybody, because that's what BKS Iyengar said. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, BKS Iyengar said it. So this is the truth. You know, we're going to say it. And then we all kind of learned over the years, like, hmm, let's actually think about, this. is there any proof that this is? No, there's not. So we can talk about it in a metaphorical way. We can talk about it in a way that you feel after you do a twist, but you're not going to say that twists ring out the toxins in your body, right? You know, you know, four-fifths of the listeners just went, they don't? <laughs> no. Don't <laughs> they facilitate circulation in the region, but yes. So I think, yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think. Yeah, so just so just kind of wrapping up that point. I think the bottom line to this is you have a journalistic integrity where we're not going to have pseudoscience and we're not going to have people on just to have people on. Mm, yeah. And we're not going to like I think we understand the influence that we have, you know? Yeah. And and as and and the only reason I say that is because like anyone that I listen to has influence over me. Sure. So if you're listening to us, we have a certain amount of influence in what you and how you think about things. 
So we are not going to put anyone in a situation where they're being provided pseudoscience or they're provided being provided expertise yeah. by someone that's not actually an expert in that field. Right. You know, I think that that's, that's the bottom line. Yes. I yeah. like that. Yep. I will say actually related to that is one of my other points, which is that something that I've learned is that I have had to over the years focus a little bit more. And that is not a result of like, I feel like I did anything wrong, but I will say that when I started the podcast, I was really excited to veer a little bit more over into related lifestyle topics. So I had more, you know, I had Rebecca Katz on talking about cancer fighting nutrition. And I had Will Cole talking about vegetarian keto. And I had a natural beauty podcast. And I loved those guests and I loved those topics. But the truth of the matter is that I'm not a subject matter expert in those. So in order for me to be a single entity researching all those people all the time and finding the right guests and booking the right guests and getting them on my podcast and me researching all their books and everything that they've done and everything that they stand for, I have realized that I can't spread myself that thin. So I've had to really focus my own editorial more. And so now I can feel comfortable saying to people who take my content course or whatever, like, you're going to have to get to the point where you're really focused. And that's all actually part of the reason you should start doing your content because you won't be focused at first. Like, it's hard. You kind of have to figure it out. Most of us, anyway, have to figure it out over time. And But it is what saves you in terms of being able to, I don't know, like, make a body of work. You can't, you just can't spread yourself too thin and try right. to make a consistent body of work. Right. I think this is a really important point for all the listeners to like really tune into, which is you are a subject matter expert in yoga. I am a subject matter expert in yoga. So we can have subject matter expertise about yoga, but you're not a subject matter expert on nutrition. I'm not a subject matter expert on social justice. You're not a social, you, you know what I mean? So what this means is as single people doing this operation, like you, you and I are the entirety of this operation. Yeah. It's, it, it's unfathomably difficult to go out of our expertise because that means we have to find the other experts in those fields. We have to have critical discourse with those experts. We have to do much more research. And a lot of times that isn't possible, right? So I think I think you've done a remarkably good job of addressing social justice and representation and the broader yoga milieu, but still mostly keeping it in the framework of yoga because that's the framework that we actually have the expertise to speak to. Mm -hmm. And that's yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It comes back to, yeah, I, I think it's too complicated to give a good explanation here. But when I started at Yoga Journal, Catherine Arnold, the first editor I worked for, had this, these like uh, overlapping circles, charts of like yoga was in the middle, in the middle of the circle. Yeah. And we were allowed to go out like two rungs from the circle. And then once we got to like Pilates, that was it. We were yeah, yeah. like, that was, and Pilates yeah. was like every once yeah. in a while in the realm of anatomy. Yeah. 
And so. other people can do their own podcasts totally. that focus and, and on they do. those subjects. They do. And they do. That's why that's why I'm supporting accessible yoga. They totally. you know, they just do what they do so well and they they do have a podcast too. PS if you want to go listen to it. Okay, so another one thing I want to offer that I've learned is to not get too attached to the numbers. And when I started, I was very attached to the numbers, both from just a point of view of, is this going to go anywhere? You know, I had 80 people who listened to my first episode. Like, was, so, so some of it was very practical, right? But most of it was that I knew that if I was going to get sponsors and if the cost per thousand was $29, right? That's tip or $20, actually. That tends to be, you all, if you want to know, a thousand downloads, you get $20. And I would do a revenue share with ACAST, right? They would take half the money. I had to have a lot of downloads in order to try to make, you know, a decent, decent amount of money. So in the beginning, I was very, very focused on downloads. And people ask me now, I had a, I did a little consulting call with someone recently. And she said, well, like, I do still look at your downloads every month. And I was like, I haven't looked in like three months. Yeah. And so I'm not saying it's not important at all, but I think for us, what's more important is just having students and having engagement with people. And for me, honestly, for the podcast, I think over the years, what's been so much more rewarding about it and genuinely what keeps me going and what keeps me doing it is that there has been some community that's formed around it. Totally. And that was completely unexpected. I really didn't, I've never had that with any editorial before. So that has been the best surprise from the whole thing. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have a box of avocados coming in the mail soon because we met someone who has an avocado farm. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. Can you tell I'm excited? But yeah, the, those kinds of things. You know, you and I, I've thought about this a lot recently. You and I are these people who grew up in kind of somewhat homogenous, tight-knit communities. And we didn't quite fit into those communities. Mm -hmm. And so we came to San Francisco and we didn't have a church community. We didn't have, and we found like a community of misfits in a way, I think yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. And now it's not just a community of misfits. It's really a community of so many different kinds. There's still some misfits. <laughs> well, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Cause uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we both still march to our own drum, but but now it's just, I, I, it to me, it's, it's not that I would say like, oh, yoga is my church, although in some ways it is, but it's more like, yeah, yoga is my community. I, I know that anywhere we go, if we meet up with students, we're going to feel a kinship. Yeah. We're going to feel a recognition. We're going to feel like genuine happiness to to see them and yeah. that's just a, such a nice thing so what hasn't gone well in five years one thing that was surprising to me along with you know it not being a lucrative career choice was is just how hard it is to get guests outside of your immediate circle right so i was very fortunate in the sense that when I started the podcast, I had a connection. I had a previous connection to Sean Korn. I had a previous connection to Sally Kempton and to 
Cindy Lee and all of these, and Mati. Yeah. All of these yoga, pe- well-known yoga people, I, I knew them and, and it was easy to get them on the show. So I thought like, yeah, I'll eventually be able to get Elizabeth Gilbert. Like, no problem. Well, you know, I will I will admit, I have not in earnest tried to get Elizabeth Gilbert. Well, that might be part of the problem. But that's because I tried to, I've tried to get a lot of people over the years who I would say are not up to the Elizabeth Gilbert status. And whew, I've gotten nowhere. I mean, it's just, you really have to have, you, it's just such a busy world. So you don't mean people in the yoga world so much. Correct. More like- Like Susan Cain. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Susan Cain was on the podcast. Yeah. She's wonderful. She's one of our favorite authors and researchers, and she writes about introversion. And she, I was able to get her on the podcast because my friend was her editor years ago. Right, right, right. And so Molly that kind of broader milieu, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say any of the people, like Gretchen Rubin is another one. That was another friend who was an editor of Gretchen's. And so I was able to say, Sue told me to email you and immediately it's like, oh, sure, I'll be on, I'll be on your show. And so I I offer that just to say, well, there's a few reasons I offer that. I offer that to say, you get to choose if you want to spend your time pursuing those people or not. I could have, like I said, I could have spent a lot of time trying to find my connections to Elizabeth Gilbert and yada, 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 and like writing the exact right pitch and uh, getting my press kit together and for me, because of the way my life is right now, it's not where I want to prioritize spending my time. I want to stick with my community, right? And, and Plus, actually- what does she even know about Word Vidanya Rasana anyways? <laughs> you know what I mean? She's wonderful. Does she know how to ground the femurs? She's wonderful. So yeah, so I want to offer it because of that. And then also to say, if you have a dream guest and you just can't get the person it doesn't, it's okay. <laughs> it's not, a, you know, it's hard for everyone until, and I think until you reach a certain number, because that, that's just sort of how the world is right now. Like Yoga Girl, I'm sure she gets any, she can get anybody she wants because she just has huge, huge, huge downloads and huge numbers. Can't get me. Is she? Sure she can. And of course she can. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, doesn't want you. <laughs> anyway. I have an exclusive contract here. She's lovely. Yes, you do. So that has been something that was a real big learning experience for me in the beginning. Like, hmm, where do I want to spend my time and energy and what do I think is going? And for me, it was like, well, you can hear Elizabeth Gilbert when she has a book coming out. She's on every everything. morning show totally. and every podcast on 60 Minutes. She's on everything. So is she it doesn't really gonna, need it, right? She is, doesn't need a platform. But also, is it going to benefit my audience that much to hear her one more time? Like when they can hear her anywhere. And she has nothing to say about words on your own. So who cares? <laughs> I bet she does. I bet she does not. Oh my gosh. You know she's done yoga for a very long time, right? I can totally say more about it. Oh, of course you can. <laughs> I'm just trying. Look, if she doesn't want to be on the podcast, I'm just going to, I'm going to, then I'm just going to disqualify her merit. Okay, I love you. You're just being um you're you're coming to Protective. my defense. I get it. I would say this is the last thing I'm going to say um and then we can wrap up. The only other thing that I would say is incredibly challenging <laughs> is just how quickly life changes these days and how how much social media tends to get a hold of us and uh it 
it and, and affects the landscape of whatever interest you have, right? So I feel sometimes I'm like, oh, the yoga landscape has changed so much in five years. It's just so much bigger and so much this. It's like probably it, it's always growing. I just can't get distracted and worried about too much of what I what's going to trigger me on social media. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, don't waste your time on that. Get sucked into that. But people do. No, I know. You but know? you have to just not do that. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you know what we have to do? We have to treat our mind a lot more like our body. Like think about, especially as yogis, right? Think about like what you feed yourself and then think about what you feed your mind. Like would you feed yourself sugar and cake for two hours in a row. A hundred percent. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Once in a Would you just eat during COVID times like two or three frozen pizzas a week? <laughs> yes, you would. Sometimes. <laughs> you're Jason Crandall. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're going to have another frozen pizza today. All right. I mean, fair it's, enough. it's Amy's. It's organic. Yeah, it's Amy's. It's totally organic. It's organic white sugar flour. <laughs> Anyways, but my point is, is like what we feed our mind is really important. And we have to protect what we consume mentally and emotionally. And most of what we consume in social media or much of what we consume in social media is kind of the equivalent of like high fructose corn syrup. Oh my God. We have to have this conversation with our daughter soon. Yeah. Well, let's just not worry about it right now. Mm -hmm. So everyone, I'm not saying don't participate in social media, but man, don't bother with anything that triggers you in social media. There's no point. Yeah, you have to be very mentally disciplined, yeah. I think. I think that's, a, I don't, there's ways in which I'm not disciplined. That's one of the ways I am. Like, A, because I just don't care. Like, if something is triggering to me, I probably, I'm not, int- anyways. Okay. Uh, I, I, we'll save that. I think that's great. Yeah. And we're going to we're gonna end the, the podcast chat there. And I just want to say, we're going to do another Patanjali episode, right? Or maybe two? It's, it's pronounced Patanjali. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Another Sutras episode. It's called Sutra. Okay, sorry. Sutwa. Yes. Okay. Soon. Tomorrow. Okay. I mean... It'll be coming out soon, is what I want to say. We have other projects in the works. If you have listened recently, you know that one of those projects is we are moving. (laughs) So that's going to be a big focus, and we're going to get through that. And then we've got some other exciting things to to show you and, and share with you. And I'm going to wrap this this season up soon. And when I do that, I'm going to relaunch our website and give you all lots of new ways to access past content because I have so, there's so much and it's really hard to find previous episodes or episodes that you've missed. And so I've got lots of plans for how I'm going to give you more inroads and easier access to, to great past episodes. Yeah. And a, all I want to say is a big component of why we are moving is so that we can have a proper film studio and provide m- more awesome stuff that also has video content to it. So whether it's my trainings or video podcasts or tutorials, we are here to continue to support and lead the way in online education. And um, I'm really happy that we can do that. Me too. And I know that Everyone's who's done Jason's trainings online is really going to miss the clips where I am crawling <laughs> under the camera in my pajamas with my hair unwashed, taking the dog for a walk. But when we move, that, that's not going to happen anymore, guys. So you really got to appreciate that while you can. Yeah. 
and that we really might figure did happen. out a way. And we, and we might figure out a way. I truly am mortified, but wow. we also have that cute video uh, from this last module of me doing handstand. I was doing a quick quote unquote modeling for Jason where he was showing some handstand assists and literally I get upside down in handstand and our chihuahua sees me and like walks over with so much excitement in her eyes and kisses my entire face while I'm upside down. It's pretty awesome. Can I ask you one more question? Sure. If you had to marry one of your guests. <laughs> Carlos Sainz. Oh, damn. <laughs> He's not been on the show. All right. Fair he, enough. He has fair in enough. my mind. Fair enough. <laughs> Look him up, guys. You'll agree with me. (laughs) Okay, and before I sign off, I want to share with you at the end of this episode all of the messages that you have left for me, you being you listeners out there, have left for me about how the podcast has has impacted you and why you love yoga land. I've listened to all of them. I appreciate them so much and they're really inspiring. So stick around and listen to those messages from our community. And please do go to the show notes page to find the link to the accessible yoga community celebration and the link to the fundraiser in India. That is at yogalandpodcast.com slash episode 233. Thanks so much for listening and supporting me over the years. And until next week, enjoy your practice.